Thank you guys so much for joining us tonight. We're so glad that you came here. I definitely believe that you're in the right place tonight. The love of God is so, so powerful. And that's what we're talking about and what we're singing about tonight. Um, We're in a a series right now called Fresh. And uh, it's really, we've been looking at the fruit of the Spirit. Um, a, uh, A healthy apple tree will produce apples. And a healthy follower of Christ is going to produce love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. That's just what we were made to do. It's what we were born to do is to produce the fruit of the Spirit. So the fruit that we produce, it tells the story of where we're really at spiritually. Just like an apple tree, if it produces apple, it, it tells the story if that's a healthy tree or not, right? If it's not producing, in fact, Jesus ran across a fig tree that wasn't producing any figs, and he cursed the tree, and he said, you know, basically, be cursed. May, may no fruit ever come from you again. And the disciples walked away, and then they, a couple of days later, they walked back, and they found that tree dried up and withered, and it was dead, because trees ought to produce, and believers ought to produce the fruit of the Spirit. So tonight, we're going to talk about love. I'm excited about this. I really believe that, that God's given me a word uh, that I guess you could say it's in a due season. I really believe that um, you guys and, and myself, we, we need to hear this tonight, and I just really enjoyed studying about love and, and really and just praying. I really enjoyed praying. So God, show me your love. Show me what you want to say about your love and so I believe that God has something for us tonight. Um, when I was uh, in high school, when I was a senior in high school, I fell in love with Christina Malat. She was my high school sweetheart. And um, we, we fell in love and, um, you know, it was, it was so great. And how it happened is just by spending time with her, okay? Just spending time with her, going out on dates, Becoming friends um, and, and talking and, and listening to her and hearing her heart and uh, what was important to her. And then just spending a ton of time together, just uh, getting together. I, and I had to do a lot of things that I wasn't real comfortable with or familiar with. I had to do a lot of things that I wasn't used to, like going over to her parents' house. And that was like a totally foreign thing for me. And... Um, I just remember, you know, going to her parents' house and there was this one time that they made spaghetti and I'm like sitting at their dinner table and I'm like so nervous and I guess my plate was like hanging slightly over the edge of the table and so I like wiped my mouth because it's spaghetti, right? And so you wipe my mouth and I went to put my napkin on my lap and I just hit the plate and it catapulted spaghetti all over me, all over my lap. And um, Christina's laughing, but I felt like so embarrassed. And then there was another time when her mom uh, just made me, like I was hanging out at her house uh, after school one day, and her mom says, do you want a sandwich? I'm going to make an egg sandwich. And I didn't want to be rude. I didn't really like egg sandwiches, especially at this time in my life. And, she's, and I say, yeah, I would love one, <laughs> of course, uh, even though I, I didn't want to eat one at all. And so she brings this egg sandwich to me. And it had mayonnaise on it, which I'm not a big, not a big mayonnaise fan. And 
the eggs were hot, and so the mayonnaise got real hot. And I, you know, I, it was a lot of mayonnaise. And I'm just like eating this sandwich, trying to be polite, like, hmm, <laughs> you know, and, and it, it wasn't good. Like I'm choking it down, acting like it's the greatest sandwich of all time. And I got so sick, like I actually had to go and throw up. Okay, seriously, I had to go and throw up. It was not a good situation, but um, I didn't tell, you know, Christina's parents about that. I just told Christina about that later. But, um, but you know, uh Love, I didn't have to strive to love Christina. I didn't have to work hard to love her. It was just something that came so naturally and so freely. And that's the way it should happen in our relationship with Jesus. We shouldn't have to strive to love God. And if we're striving to love God, then something's something's wrong. Maybe we have a wrong motivation or or we're just missing something uh, because it, it should become... It just should be a great flow. It should just be so easy to love Jesus. Now, for Christina and I, that love does love does require commitment, and and that commitment grew as, as we grew, and eventually we got married, and we had kids, and um, we, we've been through four pregnancies together, and one pregnancy, the last one was pregnancy with twins, and so this is no joke. Okay, this is no joke being pregnant with twins. There was a time where she couldn't do like hardly anything, just like lay down and take care of the babies and rest. And I had to do like everything around the house, which meant I had to put my kids to work. Like they, like if things were going to get done, I had to put them to work. And it's not easy being a supervisor, okay? And I tell Christina this all the time. During these pregnancies, she has no idea what she's put me through. Okay, I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, but <clears throat> she, she was the real trooper. But uh, but love does require a commitment, but it just, the commitment isn't, isn't really that hard. You don't dread serving your spouse because of the love that you have for them. And that's the way that it should be with the Lord, is we don't dread serving the Lord. We don't dread the things that we do for the Lord because of the love that we have for him. Do we have to do some things? Does God call us to do some things? Absolutely. He has, he has plans and he has assignments for us, but the number one thing is just to love him and it all just kind of flows out of that. So I fell in love with Christina because I enjoy Christina. And so my question for us tonight is, do we enjoy God? And how much do we enjoy God? When was the last time that, that the love of God just got you, that it just messed with you? When's the last time that God made you smile? And you felt that, that joy of the Lord, that, that peace that surpasses all understanding. We should enjoy God. God designed us, and I think it's in our DNA for us to enjoy him. Amen? Sometimes, that we, sometimes we make our relationship with God about the stuff that we have to do for him. It's like, well, I better go to church because God's going to, be happy with me. God's going to be pleased with me if I go to church. And our relationship come, becomes a, a to-do list. Well, I better read my Bible. Man, how long has it been since I read my Bible? It's been like a month since I read my Bible. I better, ah, uh, man, I bet God's mad at me. I better read my Bible. I better do this because I need, I need God to be pleased with me. I need to do some things to, to make God love me more. Uh, I, I better pray. I better hang out with the right people. I better make good decisions. Oh, there's so much that I have to do for God. And that, 
that is sometimes the mistake that we make in our relationship with Jesus. Okay? It's, uh, it's not about the stuff. It's about loving Jesus. It's about loving God. And all the stuff that we do comes out of that. Okay? So the stuff is important. The stuff is absolutely important. And there's always going to be things that God calls us to do. We do the stuff for God because of the way that we feel about him. Okay? We don't, <clears throat> we don't do the stuff to get love. There's nothing that you can do to make God love you more. Love comes first. In our relationship with God, love comes before the to-do list. And it's not even a to-do list. It's just, it just flows out of your relationship of love with God. I want to show you this in scripture. In Luke chapter 10, um, Jesus meets a couple of sisters. You guys might have heard of Mary and Martha. And in Luke chapter 10, verse 38, uh, tells a little story about them. It says, Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are so anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Who do you want to be in this story? Mary or Martha? Mary is there sitting at the feet of Jesus. There is no better place to be. And she's listening to him. She is soaking up every word that he has to say. She's loving him is what she's doing. She's loving this moment. She's loving this time to hear from God. Martha, she's about serving. And and she's running around and she's trying to serve drinks and serve food and keep everything clean and make sure that everybody has what they need. And she finally just gets frustrated and she's mad. And, And who does she go to solve this problem? None other than the man himself, Jesus. And she's like, can you see what's happening here? Can you please make her get to work? And that's what, that's what we do sometimes. It's like, I've got to make myself get to work. And look at all these other people. I've got to make them get to work. Hey, uh, I'm going to be the judge for you because you're not, you're not doing the right thing. And you need to do better. And you need to get back in church. And you need to start uh, living clean. You need to stop talking like that. You need to uh, you know, not see that guy or not see that girl because that relationship is just wrong. And <clears throat> this is what we do. We start working on, on our lists. But at the top of God's list is just love. It's just love. In, um, in Matthew chapter 22, a Pharisee comes up to talk to Jesus about this. He wants to find out the list. He wants to know the list of Jesus' most important things. So he's been hearing Jesus talk and teach, and so he's, uh, he's like, well, I want to know. I want to know what's at the top of the list. So Matthew chapter 22, verse 34 But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? This guy already knows all of the commandments, but he wants to know which one is the greatest of them all. And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. 
This is the great and first commandment. There it is. There's the list. There is the thing at the very top. There's the top priority, God's number one. There it is. He told us so plainly. Because we all want to know what it is. And Jesus says, it's love. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. Love him. And then verse uh, 36, uh, sorry, 38. uh, This is the, okay, sorry, 39. And the second greatest commandment is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. On these two commandments hang everything. Jesus is saying, this is what it's been about from the whole time, from the beginning, from Adam. This is what it's been about. All the law and all the prophets, everything you guys have studied, everything you guys have read, I'm telling you, this is, this is it. It all comes down to this. It's about loving God. And when you love God, the love for people just happens. It just happens. It just builds up on the inside of you. Love God and love people. Why do we try to make following Jesus so complicated? Why do we, why, why do, we do that? It's because we, I guess we think, well, there, there's got to be more to it than that. There's got to be more to it. And, and I, and I got to start working on my list. I got to make sure everybody else is doing their list. The Pharisees made religion so complicated, kind of like we do. Jesus simplified everything for us. He's telling us this is the most important thing. Love God. And so if you've been struggling with this concept or um, if you've gotten so busy and you've gotten so wrapped up in what you have to do for God that you've forgotten why you do it and you've lost that motivation of love and you've lost, and what Jesus, when he writes a letter to the church in, in the book of Revelation, and he says, you, you've forgotten your first love. We gotta be careful that he doesn't write that letter to us. We gotta be careful that we're not that church, that we're not that group of people where Jesus says to us, you've lost your first love. And all the stuff that God has called us to do, that has to be first place, is our first love. Well, like when we first met Jesus, when we first started talking to him, and when we first started getting into the Bible, man, when I was 18 and, and Christina and I were, were dating and, and God just got a hold of us and he just opened up our eyes and I started, I started reading the Bible like it, I was a sponge and I, I could not get enough. And going to church like every time the doors were open, not because I wanted God to love me more, God to be more pleased with me, but because I wanted just more of him. That was my first love. And when I get too caught up in ministry or too caught up in life or when things get thrown at me that it's just a storm, I'm going through something really difficult, I, I got to go back to that. You got to go back to that. Our first love, the simplicity of just loving and being with Jesus. If your life has been void of love at this time, then I want you to learn how to enjoy God. For some of you, it's enjoying God again, like you used to. And for some of you, it's just God wants you to learn how to enjoy him for the very first time. How do you do that? How do we do it? You spend time with him. 
Just like I spent time with Christina, um, just getting to know her, just talking, just listening. That's how you get to know the Lord. That's how you fall in love with him. He, sometimes he feels very distant. He's not. He's close. He's so close. And so you just, you just talk to him. You, you read his word. And when you read his word, you don't do it out of a motivation to get lo- more love from God or, or to earn more stripes uh, or anything like this. It, it, you, you read the word to get to know him, to love him more. Okay? You get to read the word because of intimacy. That is what we're going to. He already loves you. So it's out, of a, it's out of a motivation of just trying to love him more. What you do is you meditate. Meditate is a word that the Bible uses several times, and it really means it means to dwell on something. It means to let it sink in. And you, you think about it. You pray about it. You speak it. You talk about it. And you got to say, God, show me more. Keep showing me more. And you just let it sink in. You let the truth of God sink in. So you meditate on his character. You meditate not on what you have to do, but you meditate on who he is and who he has called you to be. Who always comes before what? We're so focused on, God, what have you called me to do? What is next? And God says, I have somebody that I want you to be. Focus on the who. Focus on who I am making you to be. Focus on who I am, is is what I believe that God says to us. And then, ultimately, we meditate on the love that's been displayed already for us, the ultimate love on the cross. We think about the cross. The cross is everything to a believer. The cross and the resurrection, we, we have to think about that because our whole identity is wrapped up on what Jesus has accomplished. That is Love on display. And our, the world, there's a, there's a battle for our identity. And the world wants to give us a new identity, just like the world wanted to change the three Hebrew children. Their names were Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael. And, and Nebuchadnezzar wanted to change their names to Shadrach. Meshach and Abednego. Those are names, those are not the names that we should call them by because those are not their Hebrew names. Those are not the names that their parents gave them. Those are names of like false gods. For some reason, that's why we, what we call them. But it's Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael. And the world tried to change their name. But they wouldn't have it. They wouldn't worship any other gods. And that's why they were thrown into a furnace. But they weren't burned. And they came out and their clothes didn't even smell like smoke. But the, there's a battle for our identity. The world wants to change our names. The world and the enemy, they want to change our whole mentality, our mindset. And to get off of Jesus, maybe it's to get on our to-do list. Maybe it's to get it on you know, uh, how successful we're going to be or who we're going to be with or all these other things. But at the top of Jesus' list is love. Love the Lord your God, with all your heart, your mind, and your soul. Another thing we can meditate on is this, that God calls us his beloved. That's what he calls us. When you read it in his, in his word, he calls us his beloved. And that's the way that he thinks about us. And sometimes we struggle with, God, what, what does God think about me? What is God saying about me? How does God feel about me? Well, you are his beloved. 
And God wants you to learn how to receive his love. And some of us have a hard time receiving love from people. Sometimes we have a hard time receiving love from our parents, from our friends. Hard time receiving love from God. That could be challenging sometimes. And that affects our identity. That affects our personality and what what we're about. We have to receive the love of God. And sometimes it's, it's, it's not just about what we can give God. We, we, we give God a lot. And our whole life, should be, we should be givers to God. But sometimes it's about receiving and about just kind of opening your hands. Because sometimes it's this, and we give God the praise. But sometimes it just has to be this. God, I receive your love. I want more of it. I want to know you more. I want to understand it. I want to... I want to feel it because sometimes we don't feel loved. When you split up that word, beloved, it just says, be loved. And God wants to say that over you today. Be loved. Receive his love. Be loved. And this also includes loving yourself. If God loves you, then it's wrong for you not to love you. Be loved because you are God's beloved. He loves you and you need to love you. And sometimes we struggle with that. And again, that's the, the, the world that we live in, the culture that we live in. It's also the enemy because he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus came so that we could have life and life more abundantly. And that happens when we receive his love. And we allow ourselves to be loved by him, by others, and even ourselves. So, be loved and you will love in return. And God's going to fill you with love in return. Carly, would you come back up, please? I would just like to take a moment and uh, let's just close our eyes. And let's get into the presence of God. Remember, he's not far. He's close. And I just want you to just meditate for a few moments on the character of God. Meditate on who he is, on his, uh, on his display of love at the cross. Meditate on what he's done for you because he's already proved to you his love for you. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. But I want us all just to get in in receiving mode tonight. Just to be in receiving mode. Just to receive the love of God. And let God love you. Thank you, Jesus.